everyone. Welcome back to the Primal Pioneer. I'm your host, Heather Shepard, classical homeopath, primal nutritionist, and primal movement coach. For the past decade, I've been helping people heal and overcome both acute and chronic health struggles from leaky gut, gut autoimmunity, and cancer to soft tissue injuries, C. diff, brain injuries, and anxiety disorders using a 100% natural approach. As a former Division I athlete and trainer of professional athletes, I also help people recover from injuries and help them restore their body from the wear and tear that often occur from such training. Today, I wanna welcome you to the Leaky Gut Protocol series. During this series, you'll learn root causes of leaky gut, how to tell if you struggle with this condition, how leaky gut contributes to many of our modern health disorders. I'm going to teach you why our modern approach to gut health is failing people every single day and how you can start recovering your gut health using a holistic approach that allows you to restore and remove root causes of your gut health struggles. To get started with the Leaky Gut Protocol ASAP, visit me online at heathershepherd.com. That's H-E-A-T-H-A-R-S-H-E-P-A-R-D.com backslash the dash leaky dash gut dash rx. And stick around to the end of the episode for a chance to win my special offer to help you personally heal your gut. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Leaky Gut series. I hope you're enjoying the series. I hope it's blowing your mind. I hope it's helping you gain deeper perspective around your gut health. Today, I'm going to talk all about candida overgrowth, root causes of candida overgrowth, including SIBO, and then I'm going to talk about GMO probiotic concerns, which is um, a relatively new topic and something that's been uh, coming up in my research, and uh, um, I'm excited to share that with you all. Excited might not be the right word. You'll understand when I get into it, but I'm hoping to give you some really proactive guidance and reassurance on how you can navigate that situation, which I'll get into at the end of the episode. But I'm going to start with candida candida overgrowth. So candida is a type of fungus and candida is found in the gut. It's a healthy part of the gut microbiome. However, it starts to take on an unhealthy opportunistic pathogenic role when it gets into an overgrowth state. So when your candida levels go from normal or balanced to elevated or high, that's when we start to see symptoms and this is when we start to have issues with fungus, candida overgrowth, and all of the symptoms that come along with that. So in the last episode where I talked all about probiotics, I also started to teach you all about some different types of bacteria like streptococcus, like E. coli, and how they have both positive and not so positive roles in the body, how they can act pathogenically and other strains can act actually Um, in really healthy ways and candida is similar because 
it's a vital aspect to our gut health. It plays a vital role in our gut microbiome. Some of its main attributes include heavy metal chelation um, or detoxification and liver detox. So we don't want to ever completely remove candida from our gut, right? But um, we don't want it to be overly high or elevated either. When candida is in an overgrowth state, heavy metals have a hard time being chelated or removed from the body and liver detox becomes super sluggish. Some of the hallmark symptoms of candida overgrowth include fatigue, especially when you wake up in the morning and you feel groggy and it takes you a while to get going. This can be a hallmark sign of candida overgrowth. Chronic fatigue in general can be also a sign. Bloating, acne, intense menstrual cramping, and thyroid issues. These are some common ones. Uh, Most of our thyroid hormone actually gets activated in the liver. And so if the liver is sluggish, which I'll talk more about throughout this episode, why that happens, um, then we're not going to be able to achieve really important hormonal needs like the production of thyroid hormone. And so a candida overgrowth state can restrict these sort of things. Also, IBS, headaches, migraines, joint pain, these are a few of the common symptoms or side effects of candida overgrowth and when your gut is in that candida overgrowth state. So, We're quick to use diet and supplements to help rectify our gut struggles, right? And I think at this point, you're starting to understand more like, well, maybe that's not going to help me get to the root of my gut health struggles. Maybe it goes deeper than that. Maybe that's just accessing or kind of sweeping the surface, so to speak. And that is absolutely 100% true. And this is also true for candida overgrowth, right? Because you can take fungus, uh, fungal yeasty foods out of your diet, you know, like vinegar, like yeasty bread, like beer, right? And then you can start to feel less symptoms from the candida overgrowth. But as soon as you eat the bread, as soon as you have some vinegar, as soon as you have apple cider vinegar or um, eat some yeast containing containing food, you have a flare-up. And so that to me is not a sign that there's actually been improvement. It's just a sign that you've been um, keeping things at bay through avoidance versus diving into the problem and rectifying it. And it's so common that we do that and that we use diet and supplements to do that because that's how we've been trained. That's how we've been taught. Um, and so I, I sense that um, you're learning some deeper, deeper truths behind this through this series, through the Sunlight RX series for sure. Um, excuse me, and I'm going to get into some of the deeper root causes of candida overgrowth because if we truly want to remove conditions like SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth, like candida overgrowth, right? If we want to get to the root of these things, we have to go to the origin. We have to look at, okay, how did this issue start? It did not start from... Uh, a diet and supplement deficiency, right? They just didn't start that way. But they did start 
in other ways. You set the stage long ago for candida overgrowth or SIBO with some lifestyle choices. And I'm going to talk about those here in just a second, but I want to really bring this point home that diet and supplements are not the way to rectify candida overgrowth. And and you can tell if you um if you do omit foods that are like uh that will feed the yeast, that will feed the fungus, that feed candida, if you remove those foods and then let's say you removed them for a month, two, maybe six months, maybe a year, and then you introduce them back and the symptoms reappear then there has been no cure that has been accomplished. There's been no true, real, forward movement, so to speak, um, because you've avoided. However, avoidance in this situation isn't actually the only step we need to take. There needs to be some other steps to take. And first, we need to start looking at, okay, what are some root causes of candida overgrowth and really if you've ever struggled with a fungal infection a fungal overgrowth condition this is going to be really important and maybe eye-opening for you because you didn't just start with candida overgrowth there had to be some fungal appearance on the external part of your body at some point in time before the candida overgrowth developed and manifested so What happens is we set the stage for candida overgrowth in childhood, just like pretty much all of our issues, all of our chronic diseases, all of our nagging health issues. And this happens when we're sick. So say you're sick with strep, an ear infection, some sort of sore throat, and then what happens? We get antibiotics. We're given Um, These antibiotics that are literally based off of, that are made out of fungi, right? Penicillin, classic example. So we didn't struggle nearly as much with fungal infections, with candida overgrowth, with SIBO, or any uh, of these sort of health issues that are really prevalent modern day until the introduction of penicillin. And over time, excuse me, other fungal-based antibiotics were also created and really contributed to this situation. So antibiotics, I want to mention this because, and I'm going to deep dive into this into next episode where I talk all about antibiotics, how to effectively recover from them, what they actually do to the body. But just briefly here, antibiotics we're all pretty much familiar with, yeah, they wipe out the gut microbiome. They totally dismantle the gut microbiome, right? But they do a lot of other things too. They wipe out the gut microbiome, they suppress the immune system, and they wipe out one of the most important bacteria colonies in our body that's responsible for energy production and our longevity and uh, what diseases we're susceptible, susceptible to, and if those S- SNPs or SNPs um, get turned to the on position or the off position, and this is our mitochondria, and antibiotics totally wipe out our mitochondria, which is a type of bacteria. So I just want to preface that um, before next episode to kind of set the stage to there's a lot that happens when we take antibiotics that include 
the gut microbiome, but also include a lot of area, other areas of our health as well. So after we take antibiotics, say for some infection, something has come up, we've been prescribed antibiotics, right? And so we get one round of antibiotics. Now, depending on your constitution, depending on how strong your constitution is, is going to uh, reflect um, how you respond to antibiotic treatment or any Rx treatment for that matter, any conventional Rx treatment. So one round of antibiotics, it might not impact your health that big, right? It might not have that big of an impact. Like maybe the infection actually goes away and you feel better, but you feel better mentally, emotionally, physically. You you don't feel compromised in any way. You don't feel sluggish, right? You, you're okay. You feel okay. But here comes the second round of antibiotics. Oh, okay. Now things are starting to get compromised. It's starting the health is starting to tip a little bit. And then the third round of round of antibiotics comes in. And now suddenly no longer is the strep showing up, no longer is the the reoccurring infection showing up, right? Once your body, once your immune system, once that threshold has tipped, has really shifted a layer. So Think about you're standing at the apex of your health. You're th- that's like, boom. You're feeling awesome. You're super healthy. You're robust, and then a round of antibiotics or two or three or four, depending on your constitution, you go down a level. Okay, and so the the threshold lessens for what your body can tolerate. It 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 weakens the immune system weakens the gut microbiome weakens the mitochondrial colony weakens you your whole organism weakens and when it goes down a level then you become more susceptible to other infectious agents so typically once we've exhausted the antibiotics we go down a layer then we start to experience fungal infections Okay, and so this can actually show up as athlete's foot, eczema, acne, yeast infections, or maybe even a skin rash. Um, and these things can itch. Maybe they don't. They can they can come and go. You know, there's there's a fungus that develops on the skin, a weird skin thing, and typically this happens after either a really strong round of antibiotics, or after you've taken one round. And then, or two rounds, depends on your organism. When that threshold breaks and you lower, you go down, um, that's when, okay, the fungal infections start to come in. And so then what happens is we're administered antifungals, right? So um, we just continue along this cycle of suppression and suppression. And so now the anti, the fungal infection goes away. But now, or, or soon after, we have a candida overgrowth situation in the gut, right? Because we further push that fungal infection down, 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 down. And eventually that appears uh, that the the fungal infection on the external then appears on the internal. So instead of the skin rash, instead of the yeast infection, instead of the eczema, instead of the athlete's foot, now we've gone to the internal level and we're in this state of candida overgrowth, SIBO, etc. So from a root place, candida overgrowth occurs due to 
really are careless and excessive use of antibiotics and antifungal medications. So to overcome candida overgrowth, this requires a few things. One is diet, and I'm not talking about the elimination diet because, or any elimination diet, because I know the standard approach to gut health is change the diet. What you put in your mouth and what comes out the other end, it has to influence the gut microbiome, and it absolutely does, but in very different ways than we've been taught. And when I mention diet, this is very specific to each person, and I outline this on the leaky gut protocol. It's like, if you live in this kind of environment, then the diet should look like this. And if you live in this type of environment, the diet should look like this because there's no one-size-fits-all diet, and that includes healing your gut. The, the diet has to be tailored to your environment, your body's needs, where you're at health-wise, okay? All of these things need to be taken into consideration, and elimination diets, none of them do that. So when I say diet, I mean in a very different, different way. It's more, um, it covers a lot more bases than just like eliminate foods and keep out autoimmune triggers like eggs. It's like, no, we have to go way deeper than that. Um, so also you need to change your light environment. We need to detox because the liver gets overworked whenever the gut is over bombarded, let's say with bacteria, with pathogens, the next line of defense to the gut is the liver. So the liver absolutely gets assaulted when the intestines are full of pathogens, candida overgrowth, any overgrowth state, any compromised gut state, it immediately goes, okay, liver, help me get this stuff out. Help me detox it out. The gut can't do it. So liver's the next line of defense. And so this is why um, I've included a detox protocol in the leaky gut course because we need to be detoxing gently, effectively. We need to be in this kind of daily maintenance, low-grade detox to help restore the gut microbiome. And restoring the gut microbiome also requires um, the liver to be fully functional, and that means liver detox as well. And I'm not talking about like green smoothies or stuff like that where it's, um, that doesn't do anything for detox. So, um, we also need to consider, uh, inflammation. We really need to work on systemic inflammation. You cannot heal without removing inflammation. We've been told so many things about inflammation and really, um, there's a lot of things that cause inflammation that, uh, uh, core causes of inflammation that are overlooked like artificial light and I talk about that in the Sunlight Rx series but that's a key area also that we need to be removing core causes of inflammation and homeopathic care. Homeopathic care is huge when it comes to overcoming especially chronic gut health issues um, because it will really, really get to the heart of things, help remove root causes, and help remove any mental, emotional uh, aspects that are also connected to poor gut health as well and candida overgrowth for sure. So I want to segue into a topic that I actually wasn't expecting to bring up during this series, but it's something I've been coming across um about a few weeks ago and I want to share this with you because of all the like 
rave about vegan and vegetarianism and global climate change and how they support each other and then I'm going to tie in this uh, aspect of probiotics and you're like how do all those go together like you wouldn't think they did but the marketing that they're doing around this they're tying all those in together and um, they're doing it in a, in a way that's really it's just not okay so with the growing belief around taking probiotics and eating probiotic rich foods um, to right? This is the way to good gut health. This is the way to improve gut health. This is what we're taught, right? So you're finding out more and more. So I I suspect through this series that this approach is inaccurate. It's and it's inaccurate, not because um, the people are bad who are promoting these things, because it just simply doesn't work. And um, but now what's happened is from this whole gut healing thing how the gut is the root of um you know heal the gut it's the root of all of our health issues you know it's not true the eyes and the skin are the root of our uh, of most of our health issues um but what's happened is there's this whole new marketing scheme around probiotics probiotic rich foods gut health and um people are just hook, line, and sinker for this thing. They're like, yes, you see the word fermented, you see the word probiotic rich, you're going to pick it up because you're like, oh, I'm doing something positive. I'm doing something proactive for my gut health. I'm going to pick that product up off the shelf and I'm going to take it home and, you know, do something good for my gut health. However, um, I, we really need to be cautious about this for many reasons. One, for, for the reasons I mentioned in the last episode all about probiotics and how eating the same foods and the same strains of probiotics can actually cause an overgrowth state of certain bacteria. Um, that's something that we really want to to prevent. But I also want to warn you um, about a new way that this probiotic thing is being developed and marketed and this is the development of GMO probiotics so this is this is it's it's disturbing I'm not gonna lie but we have to be the reason I'm sharing this with you is like not to put you into this scare tactic place but to bring you into a an awareness so you get the urgency around this situation and so that you can feel empowered around okay I know this information and now I can make an informed decision. So GMO probiotics. These are probiotic spores that are being developed and these probiotic spores are misted onto foods, liquid products, goods, basically anything. So they're not just going to be marketed as probiotic rich foods, okay? Um, they're going to be marketed in several different ways, but I, I suspect that one main way they're going to do this is uh, via, oh, this is a probiotic product, it's good for you, etc. So there's many companies developing this GMO probiotic, but currently the um, main one is Anika. I think that's how you pronounce it, but it's spelled A-A-N-I-K-A. Now, billions of dollars are being invested into this, and... I can't only help to believe that the recent purchase of uh, all this massive amount of land by Bill Gates is actually going to be largely going to this whole project as well. So 
these GMO spores, uh, there's a couple of things I want to caution you against uh, with regard to this and just kind of inform you and, and because they're going to be sprayed on foods. The main one they're targeting currently is romaine lettuce. Has this come into the market yet? Not that I'm aware of or not that they, meaning not that they've announced. Their whole goal is to launch this on or by 2030, right? So it's in the development. I'm not sure if they're experimenting with this right now with us or not, right? So, uh, you know, who knows what they're doing? We never, we don't really fully know what, what's going on, but, um, this is also going to be targeted not only in the in the food market but also on like uh also other products and i'll I'll, this will make more sense here in just a second but i want to caution you against a few things so number one big word of caution to vegans and vegetarians you all probably know that i'm not a big fan of those diets i was vegetarian for seven years during my 20s i totally destroyed my hormones and it literally took me several years to rebuild my hormones and uh, my liver, my gut, uh, my my brain health, it totally destroyed it. And people think these are healthy ways to eat and live. And believe me, I've been there and they're just not. Nobody's designed to eat, to not eat meat. However, I'm not going to get into that here today, but the big word of caution is specifically for vegans and vegetarians because this development of the the probiotic spores the GMO probiotic, this development is being promoted as a way to stop global warming, global climate change, whatever you want to call it, right? And so um, it's a, this is a big way that this is being promoted and funded through these non-animal food suppliers, So, um, and what this means is so far at this time, these companies are going to be at least initially the ones who really encourage, emphasize, and support this GMO probiotic. And so some of those companies are Memphis Meats, which is a vegan meat company, Finless Finless Foods, vegan fish source, whatever that means, Uh, Gelator, which is a type of uh, uh, gelatin that's not made with animal products, New Age meats, uh, Sugar Logics. This is a fun one. They're they're saying that human breast milk is dirty and antiquated, and so they're subbing vegan sources. Uh, all of these of which are going to contain the GMO probiotic spores. So they're promoting this, saying, "Hey." We need to stop global climate change to do so. We need to stop eating meat, which is horseshit because um, we know that there's a lot of amazing work being done right now. And we know that just by looking at how our ancient ancestors lived and lived on the land, that um, cattle and animals are a major, major way that we actually preserve our soils and that we actually prevent things like global climate change. And so this idea has been spun on us that meat, cows, um, especially cows, are a major cause of global climate change. They're not mentioning anything like the 5G satellites that they're putting in the sky and how that impacts the weather or the cell towers they've been just putting up anywhere and how that affects the weather 
or how everybody's Wi-Fi router in their house is like affecting uh, the the weather. They're not talking about any of this, but they want to focus on cows and animals as a cause of global climate change. People are buying this. They buy all sorts of things. And so they're, they're really latching onto this, especially vegans and vegetarians. So this vegan and vegetarian products are, are largely targeted for this GMO probiotic to be inserted. Number two, okay, this is where it gets weird. Actually, you're being tracked, okay? All right, if people are going to say, oh, Heather, that's a conspiracy because anyone who listens to NPR or is like in the, in, uh, um, taking a more liberal approach, like, believe me, before COVID, I, I, I definitely leaned more towards like the liberal approach. I was like, oh yeah. And then COVID hit and I was like, whoa, it was like a smack in the face. It's like, wait a minute. Um, we're really being deceived here and they're using, um, politics to do so when it comes to tracking us through, uh, the vaccine, through our devices, through technology, through 5G, and now through GMO probiotics. So a lot of people in that world will, will just, they won't hear you out. And the on the on the more liberal side, they'll just chalk you up to being a conspiracy theorist without, you know, they they don't think for themselves. They're not people aren't thinking for themselves. And so um, when you actually think for yourself and start to do the research instead of going with the Mockingbird media, you'll see that man, this is serious. This is a real, we're really being deceived here. We're really being conned. This is not an act. It's only a conspiracy theory if the theory is not true. So, um, I'm not going to dive into that. However, um, GMO probiotics, actually you're being tracked. Each probiotic spore will be tagged with a digital ID that can be traced using blockchain and other wireless digital tracking technology. So any piece of food can be traced and tracked across the food chain supply. Okay, meaning if it's in your hands, they know where it is, they know whose hands it is, it's in, they know whose stomach it's in. They basically are using this as a tracking device. However, this is going to be marketed as know your farmer because you can track where that food originated from, what farmer it started with. And so, oh, now you know where your food is coming from. This is how they're going to market it. They're going to market it, you know, see exactly where your coffee came from. And it'll like bring that spore. The spore was put on it in Honduras. And so the coffee bean was shipped. And then you can see all where it came from in Honduras. And they're going to say, oh, this is this is a positive thing. You know, see where your food came from. They're also going to use things like pathogenic bacteria. So if the romaine lettuce you happen to have has an E. coli, somebody gets E. coli from it, they can trace it back to the farm and say, oh, this is where the lettuce came from. The E. coli must be coming from this farm. This is how they're going to target the positive um, aspects of this GMO spore. Okay, they're going to entice you. They're going to use new age, hipster, classy language like know your farmer, support indigenous farmers, trust your sources, you know, uh, trust your farmer. They're going to use this sort of language. But what they're really doing, 
is tracking you through spores that they missed onto foods and these are indestructible by heat uv light the digestive process travel it's you can't destroy it so number three how now what do we do what do we do about this like this let's say this really hits the market it really gets developed what are we going to do how can we help this because The key is to know that nothing is being done to you. There's things you can do about it, okay? Right? So number three is start rewilding right now. So this GMO probiotic sport tracking system, it it has buco bucks behind it. It's got billionaire support all around it. And like I mentioned, its release date is projected on or before 2030, but here's the deal. This stuff hasn't been tested on people or animals. So is there, uh, this might not make it into the market, but I mean, if the C-19 jab made it onto the market, I can't see why this wouldn't. It's like they've already found a a loophole around the uh, EPA so they can bypass the EPA green light by post-harvest. They wash this whatever food stuff they're spraying it on when they're using the food stuff or whatever they're spraying it on they they wash it with the water containing the probiotic spore so it's not touching the field where it grew and this eliminates the need to go through the epa all right here's what you can do And this really is a huge reason why I do the work I do because it's all about helping people take their health and their power back. So start being as self-sustainable as you can. Does that mean you have to start a whole homestead and get goats and chickens and grow a garden? Hey, I support that. I think that's an awesome idea. But if it's not your thing, then start to connect with other farmers. Start to connect with other people in your area growing food, raising animals, and start to develop a network. Start to develop a community. Start to tell people about this and um start to spread the word and start start to make connections but really start to grow your own food if this is at all enticing to you start to grow your own food and i know people are well i have no idea how to do that that's exactly the issue kids today especially um even teenagers people in their 20s they don't know how to do things. They don't know how to fix things. They don't know how to grow things. You know, we're not taught that. Our education system is built around learn a certain structure of things. But then when things come up like this and and, and the world is throwing these curveballs at you, it's like, who cares if you can solve mathematical problems? Um, can you grow a tomato? Can you raise a chicken, you know, can you literally survive? (laughs) It's like, this might sound extreme. And you're like, what does this have to do with gut health? And um, it actually has a lot to do with gut health. Because when we start living a more wild primal life, like the Hazda, our guts will naturally start to heal. But with regard to this GMO probiotic, okay, avoid packaged and processed foods avoid packaged and processed vegan and vegetarian foods buy organic produce grow your own produce get to know your farmers Um, start learning how to raise animals even a chicken even just chickens that lay eggs right 
start getting to know people in your area who know how to butcher chickens or, um, you know, who can help you with these things. This, this isn't like a task you have to take on by yourself. It's like, get your community involved, get people who are, who are seeing eye to eye with you and your perspective and build your network, build your team, build your community. And, you know, this is really where we need to head when it comes to, um, there's, I I suspect there's some really wild things like this that are going to start coming out, um, in the very near future. And it's already started with, you know, much of this stuff that's, that's happened even before the pandemic, they were setting us up for all, all of this stuff, but we don't have to, um, say, oh, we're doomed. There's nothing we can do. There's a lot we can do. Okay. Um, they're going to do whatever their, their agenda is. And we, um, can do things to feel in our power, to take care of ourselves, to take care of our families and kids, to teach our kids, you know, uh, homesteading skills or uh, skills uh, that are really important for survival. So buy local, get to know your farmers, save your seeds, save them for next year. You know, the seeds that come out of your peppers, dry them, set them aside and, and plant them next year. Plant them this year. It might not be too late depending on uh, where you live. And... um raise your raise start to raise animals and and food and start to rewild your life if you follow the masses you can bet one thing and that is that your health and your livelihood and well-being are all at stake For those of you ready to take the next step with your gut health and to start removing root causes of your gut health struggles, I just launched my Leaky Gut Protocol, a six-week course that teaches you how to heal root causes of your gut health struggles. Course registration will be open until May 12th, and I'm adding a super special bonus offer to the first five people who sign up for the course, a free initial homeopathic consultation with me to help you remove and clear physical, mental, and emotional health struggles contributing to your gut health issues. And this is a $405 value. So the first five people who sign up are going to get that absolutely free. To join the course, go to heathershepherd.com. That's H-E-A-T-H-A-R-S-H-E-P-A-R-D.com backslash the dash leaky dash gut dash rx. Sign up and once you've registered, I'll send you a personal email to introduce myself, to introduce you to the course. And if you're one of the first five to sign up, I'll reach out personally to schedule your initial homeopathic consultation. As a note to course participants, the Leaky Gut course begins on May 14th. You'll receive one module per week for six weeks starting on May 14th. And as questions come up throughout the course, you'll be able to ask me directly on my private client Facebook group. All Leaky Gut protocol members will be added to this group once you register 
for the course and you send me your Facebook contact information, I will add you to the group. I'll introduce you and you can ask all of your questions throughout the course there and I will personally answer those questions for you. Just to mention, this course, once you join, you will have lifelong access to the course. So after the six weeks, if you have to go uh, at your own pace, if life comes up and you're not able to listen to the modules immediately, know that you will always have access to the modules, to the course, and to myself on the private Facebook group. I'm very much looking forward to helping you heal your gut and look forward to seeing you in the course.